Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice podcast on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm the Communications Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, my guest is Alex Cushman. He's the president of ProCure, P-R-O-K-U-R-E, and the company has a goal of bringing the benefits of ProCure products to a wider market in the growing cultivation space with transparency of product as a core differentiator and a mission. ProCure offers safe, cost-effective, hospital-grade solution for disinfecting and deodorizing all surfaces. Alex has been with the company since 2017, and prior to his role at ProCure, he launched an energy drink company, from the ground up. Awesome. Welcome to the show, Alex. Well, thank you, Bethany. Thank you for having me today. Excited to be on. Absolutely. And uh, wow, what a timely topic here as we are in a world of the coronavirus, COVID-19, talking about disinfecting surfaces. So, but we'll get into that. Um, let's, Let's back up a little bit and get to know, get to know you better get to know your background and what kinds of experiences you may have had before uh, getting involved in the cannabis space. Absolutely. And uh, understatement of the year that we are dealing with a chaotic environment. And obviously I know one that we'll touch on later. Um, But for me personally, and I think in, in talking to, and I'm sure in you talking to a lot of members of the cannabis community, I think my story is no different than most of theirs in terms of, look, it was a gray and mark, black market before this. A lot of individuals have um, come out or into this industry from, you know, developing best practices in other marketplaces. And I think I'm, I'm no different than that in the fact that, you know, my story is unique in the fact that I have a nice entrepreneurial background, as Beth and you had mentioned, in having to grow a energy drink company from the ground up in a, in an industry that, you know, similar to cannabis is heavily regulated uh, and has differing regulations kind of across the spectrum uh, and having, you know, successful launches in Whole Foods, Sprouts, uh, Albertsons, Costco, I mean, you, you name it with most mass retailers, um, we're able to achieve uh, successful launches in all of those uh, major mass market retailers. But I am a history major uh, graduating from Pomona College in sunny Southern California, who wrote his senior thesis on the economic viability of the Amish in the United States. So very obviously, I was going to get involved in the cannabis industry many, many years later. It just it, it made complete logical sense. Um, oh, but no, it's, it's, I mean, that's an asterisk for a later time period. But then went into the world of finance, uh, as I think a lot of individuals who 
uh, come out of college with uh, hopes, dreams, and aspirations uh, and was told by my college counselor many, many years ago that with my history degree, I could become a lawyer uh, or I could be a librarian. And at that point, having spent many moons with the Amish, neither of those really appealed to me. So I went into the world of finance uh, and investment banking. I uh, spent the better part of about seven years uh, in that world before, as, as I mentioned, launching a, an operational company from the ground up, uh, learning obviously everything you learn in the entrepreneurial venture, as I think everyone who gets involved in any level of entrepreneurial venture learns that you wear every hat in that category. So that's, that's kind of how I got into the cannabis market um, or got my level of background before entering into, as I know we'll get into, entering into the cannabis market. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, um, that's a great background. Uh, I mean, entrepreneurship is definitely an important value to have in our industry. Um, side note, I, I'm from Maryland, which uh, has an Amish community. And while you were talking, I was wondering to myself, is there an Amish community in California? Um, and apparently there, there is, according, according to you. But my, my dad was even friends with uh, an Amish gentleman in Southern Maryland, which apparently is a rare thing. So having firsthand experience with the Amish community is very unique. So I, I'll, I'll, we'll definitely have to ask, asterisk that one for another <laughs> time when we can meet again. <laughs> I want to hear that story over a beer or a joint. <laughs> so yes, moving forward. Um, so now you're involved in the cannabis industry with your company Procure. Um, I'm curious where that shift happened, how you got involved and why. 100%. And I think, uh, so in, in my experience post uh, the launching of the energy drink led me into, um, you know, a successful exit, which then led to consulting. Uh, and, and one of the areas that I'm exceptionally passionate about, not only for myself, but for future generations is, you know, the, the medicinal and recreational characteristics and properties of cannabis. I just think oh, yeah. all of us that are involved that are leading this charge have a much deeper connection point uh, to this product, to this plant, uh, to this healing medicine. And as I started to consult with one of the chemical companies we were working with, um, I started going into a lot of uh, cannabis operations, a lot of cultivators. And I started to see, I think what, what we had found, and I think what we're continuing to find is kind of the dirty secret of the marketplace, which was the state of the state of the industry in terms of cultivation and the cleanliness standards that had been, you know, again, it was a black market. It's a gray market. It's coming out of, it's coming out of the shadows to various degrees and at various speeds. But what we were seeing is, is something that I was so passionate about in terms of as a consumer not knowing, having any idea at that point, what was actually in the product that we were inhaling, ingesting, eating, digesting. However, however you were consuming it, there was just a, a huge gray area in terms of what was allowed and what was actually in the product. So in, in terms of seeing some of these facilities, it hit me clear as day that for us as a company or as, a, as an industry, we needed more transparency and we needed companies that were willing to implement best practices from other industries to, to as I think we'll get into, as, as we are very interested in making sure that there's more transparency and a cleaner end product for the consumer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I appreciate that and is now more important than ever. So here we are, Procure, as I mentioned, uh, you're 
companies offering is this hospital grade disinfecting and cleanliness um, uh, offering. So uh, you're the president. So what is your day to day like? What's going on with the company this year in 2020? And, and I'm sure recent um, global news and circumstances have um, elevated what you're doing. Yes. Um, again, severe understatement. So what is, <laughs> I'll, I'll answer that kind of in two parts and then my eye might start twitching at some point, but. Uh, sure. Well, we only have a minute till commercial. So. <laughs> of course. So, so my role is obviously as, as the president of the organization is to oversee uh, the compliancy and the strategic vision of the organization uh, as it pertains to, we're in a lot of different marketplaces with cannabis being one of them. Um, but is in working with a lot of the major cultivators across the country to make sure that they are they have great IPM uh, strategies or best practices in place within their organizations. Uh, and then for us, it's it has changed. I even think that the world has changed in the past week to two weeks in terms of what is deemed clean by each state or federal level testing standards versus what is just safe from a cleanliness perspective of emerging viral pathogens or other things that, you know, such mm. as the coronavirus, which as I know we'll get into our product uh, as of last week was approved by the EPA for use against coronaviruses. And as I'm assuming you can imagine has Congrats. led to sheer, sheer <laughs> I mean, a, bless, a blessing and a curse in terms of we as humans are now faced with this curse, but it's going to take companies that have a, a moral or have an ethical standing to make sure that we're doing this as best as possible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well said. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I will say, I, I think we all in the cannabis industry who are working behind the curtains know that we are regulated very heavily and we typically already are, are holding to higher standards of cleanliness than, than um, you know, other, other types of industries standards. So, uh, but going that extra mile, uh, going above and beyond, I think is also a value of our industry as well. Not only meet the rules that are laid out required of us, but let's take it a step further. So let's take that commercial break and then we'll be right back to chat more with Alex Cushman of ProCure. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. 
This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and we're talking with Alex Cushman from the company Procure, who uh, so uh, timely offers uh, sanitizing products, uh, also offering to the cannabis industry. And your company values are a commitment to, quote unquote, clean cannabis. So I absolutely want to get into that more about what that means. Um, Obviously, no dog hair or mold or toxins or uh, things we might be testing for that we don't want. Um, This this also means gloves and full-on clean suits I've seen are sometimes required in some of these cultivation facilities. So uh, let's get into what clean cannabis means. Right. And thanks, Bethany, for that lead in. And I think it, it means a lot of different things. And as I think you had very articulately put, there are there are growing measures that are in place in the cannabis market that a lot of your best or more forward thinking cannabis cultivators are now starting to implement. But keep in mind the the rules and regulations of each state. Um, I mean, even for some of these big multi-state operators, knowing the the rules and regulations as they vary state by state, county by county, even Mm -hmm. grow by grow um, is very difficult. And I think for a lot of them, it's we are starting to get ourselves into a position of not only do we need to catch up, meaning come out of the black market and stop using products like, you know, microbutanol and things that have been tested out. uh, But it's also then improving practices of, look, we've got to catch up to pharmaceutical or high level food production very quickly. Mm -hmm. Because again, this is, Again, whether recreationally consumed or medically consumed, there are people who potentially have compromised immune systems or just individuals who are expecting a certain, you know, not only dosage, uh, which obviously is is an issue in and of itself, but a certain level of cleanliness that I think not only meets, but exceeds what the states are asking for as, as a bare minimum. And I think that we as a, we as a company, and I think we as an industry need to continue to push to get ahead of this, because I think the last thing any of us can afford is someone to ingest, digest, or consume something that they had assumed or that was marked as something, come to find out that, you know, in the back end, someone, you know, put in illegal chemistry on it or something happened that Mm. harmed an individual. Then suddenly we're all no longer essential businesses, no matter what state you're in, but it becomes another, you know, black eye on the industry. Sure. A bad apple scenario. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely get that. Um, so uh, as we know, and as you mentioned, every state, uh, even down to hyperlocal levels, will have their own set of regulations and compliance requirements. Um, and we at NCIA are constantly wrapping our arms around the federal policy and the future of that. 
and as it pertains to clean cannabis and ensuring the consumer is receiving safe products. So uh, as far as the regulations that set these good standards toward this goal, uh, what have you seen there that you could praise or, or even criticize? Who, um, where, where do you start in answering that laundry list question? Well, well, I'll start with, and again, I think we like to lead with, uh, with light and not darkness. So not casting light on shadows as I think you could do across this industry, but we're, we are seeing a lot of, um, you know, as I alluded to earlier, best practices, a lot of professionals that are coming out of other industries, pharmaceutical, aerospace, clean room specific that are bringing in, you know, like, for instance, our chief science officer, Dr. Bernie Lorenz, uh, has already authored a ASTM uh, D37 cannabis uh, standard that will be used across the industry. And I think a lot of these things are making sure that we are taking taking knowledge of the differing state uh, regulations, knowing that, you know, some are total yeast and mold, some are for very specific mold types. And we get ahead of those, meaning the regulations that occur today are very are very much the bare bones of what would be accepted long term. If if we do deem this to be something you know FDA regulated or pharmaceutical grade, I think that what we're seeing right now is that a lot of the patchwork that has happened across these states, it will be the growers and the dispensaries that are requiring transparency. And I think that that to me will continue to be a word that consumers are going to push for. I think in today's general uh, scenario in which what has happened with the outbreak of the coronavirus, I think people are going to push as they have done with food and the organic movement. People want to know where things are coming from. And I think that the more that these states and the federal regulators recognize that a lot of the things that are currently accepted while all, while by all measures are vast improvements from where we've been in the past five to 10 years, we are light years away from where we're going, especially if we as an industry want to be recognized as a leader and as an essential business by all definitions. Absolutely. Completely agree with that. Um, and the idea that the consumers uh, are really driving this market in a lot of ways, uh, people uh, people like to talk about, you know, big box cannabis versus boutique cannabis, and and there's room for um, all all of this, but but all of these consumers definitely want clean product and safe product is is a value I think that the consumers will always demand. Um, and side joke, do you remember that Portlandia episode where they go to the restaurant and order the chicken and want to see where the chicken comes from and what its name was and what kind of hobbies it had anyway? So I just had to mention that little lighthearted joke there. But in all seriousness, um, I would be remiss, of course, not to continue to talk about the coronavirus and uh, the urgency around the issue of consumer safety. Um even this last fall, we faced lung illnesses and deaths from bad, unclean vaping products that were in the market from illicit players. And unrelated to cannabis, though, the, the coronavirus is also respiratory related as it is now a pan pandemic. So we all know cannabis is primarily ingested through smoke or vapor into the lungs of human beings. Of course, there's edibles, but that's different. Um, so cleanliness of what we're literally putting into our lungs, in, into our bodies is super crucial here, right? 
Oh, I think one, I mean, 5,000%. If there's a percentage point I could give to that, that's a hard, higher than 5,000, I would give it to it. But I Understatement think for, of the year, un, un, right? As, I, as I've said a couple of times, <laughs> understatement of the year. And I think for us, it's it's that there is, I mean, again, we're, we are giving items to people. And I think to your point, it's even in a very healthy individual who is consuming things that have you know, 10,000 parts per million or 10, or even in the parts per billion of some of these pesticides or molds or, I mean, you name it in terms of what, what exists in some of these cultivation centers. If you start to put those items into the consumer market, um, you're going to have people who get sick. And again, it's, and I know we've all concentrated on, I know the market has concentrated on pointing a finger at the illicit market and on the illegal market, but let's, let's all turn the mirror back and look at ourselves in terms of, this, these types of practices are not only happening in the illegal market. These are practices that, again, get weeded out over the course of time as the, you know, as you say, the bad apples get, get weeded out in this process. But I think it's going to be the major players who are going to take an active role in terms of getting the right protocols in place, training their employees, ensuring, and again, it's, and I think what we're seeing in the coronavirus, it's, look, it's not only the end consumer product that matters. Yes, it matters. But it's also the the employee safety of those that are handing out product at dispensaries, those that are working at the cultivation center. And again, if you're exposed to a lot of these things in those environments, I think what the coronavirus epidemic or pandemic has proven is that we have not taken cleanliness uh, as seriously as, as we potentially should have. And I think that's an entire supply chain of concentration that we're going to have to look at with mm-hmm. end, end product cannabis being the, the, the means to, I mean, being the end product, but there's an entire road or an entire chain of command that has to lead to a limiting of cross-contamination, increased testing, and more transparency and accountability across the supply chain, knowing no one's trying to do this intentionally. At least that's, that's, that would be what I would fundamentally have to believe in humans. But we also, being in a legal market, there hasn't been a ton of testing that's been legally allowed here to allow people to get to a certain level of comfort or of ability to do this. So it's also the ability of opening this up and allowing for testing and regulation to occur. Yes, uh, the, the testing and regulations here absolutely um, need need more attention um, going forward after after having gone through gosh, however long it takes to get on the other side of coronavirus specifically also. Um, so as, as we just have another minute here um, before our next commercial break, uh, do you have any top pieces of advice or thoughts, like maybe top two or three things you could share with an audience around cleaning standards in cannabis grows, maybe just the top precautions that growers could take to ensure sanitized facilities for themselves, for their products, and for their employees? Oh, um, absolutely. So a couple of things I would concentrate on are uh, in between every harvest, I would, again, everything's, I would say that mold, mildew are a, uh, they are a basic byproduct of, of growing. You have relatively high heat, relatively high humidity, organic material. It's not if you're going to get some of these things, it's when. Mm. So for a lot of these cases, it's doing deep cleans, making sure you're starting off from baseline zero, uh, which a lot of growers, I mean, for better or worse, they harvest and they start right back up without cleaning. And then I would just be very cognizant of what we call cross-contamination points. So trimming areas, uh, hallways, again, you can have the cleanest facility 
in the history of facilities. And then you have an employee that walks in, leaves the doors open, or, you know, has a home grow, brushes up against some of your product, and now you're contaminated. So I think, again, uh, human error, <laughs> hum, human error is, the, is, I mean, again, not only in cannabis, we see it in big agriculture Everywhere. as well. But it's just being, it's just, I think it's just being aware that none of these things exist in a silo. They exist, uh, they exist as a holistic approach. And I think cleanliness and consumer safety has to be a holistic approach as well. Absolutely agree. Thanks. Thanks for that insight as well. All right, let's take our last commercial break and then we'll be back to wrap up our chat with Alex Cushman from ProCure. So stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your host, Dr. Dina. We've got David Faustino on the line. Bud Bundy from Married with Children. Did you feel nervous being a celebrity walking into a weed store? I don't remember at all being like, ooh, I'm scared someone's going to take my picture here. What are they going to say? Bud Bundy smokes Bud? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be a big shocker. Hey, this is David Faustino, and I'm on Cannabis Confidential with my girl, Dr. Dina, on CannabisRadio.com. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the 2020 Cannabis Caucus Event Series from March 10th through March 26th. Don't miss this exclusive opportunity for NCIA members to network, learn about regional issues from influential guest speakers, and get the latest news about NCIA's federal policy work and emerging topics. Look for this year's only tour of Cannabis Caucus events coming to Portland, Denver, St. Louis, Detroit, Chicago, Newark, Sacramento, and Los Angeles this March. Stay connected, get informed, and take action to protect our industry and your business. Register now for your complimentary tickets at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and we are wrapping up our chat with Alex Cushman from ProCure, and we're talking about clean cannabis in this episode. Uh, So thanks for sharing your insight, especially uh, during this time where many of us are still working from home and making a lot of adjustments to our life and um, sanitizing ourselves in the world around us uh, mm-hmm. seems to be at the top of all of our minds around the clock. Um, but let's, uh, let's think back uh, to a different time. Uh, so it's 2020. 
NCIA was founded in 2010, 10 years ago. So we as an organization have been around for 10 years now representing the regulated legal industry. So we're doing a little bit of reflection and retrospective and asking people, where were you 10 years ago? And, you know, could you have predicted that the cannabis industry would be what it is today? Look how it looks today. And then also um, looking into the future, into your crystal ball, uh, where do you see our industry 10 years from now in the year 2030. So I know that's a lot to think about. That's like a 20 year span of time, but uh, what are your thoughts around that? Uh, good question. So I think looking back 10 years ago, um, I was probably finishing my thesis on the Amish. So that was probably, no, actually that was longer time period ago than that, but no, it was 10 years ago. Could I have imagined where we are today? I think, I think this industry and the perception of this industry has has moved so quickly from from the shadows and to people, you know, the the godfathers of the industry now to, you know, investment bankers getting involved in this marketplace. And I think it has gone from from something in the shadows to what what I fundamentally believe, and I'll get into answering your second part of your question here in a second, to what will be one of the leading industries for the foreseeable future and in longer term future. So I think where where we have come is humbling and i think it has taken some major risks from some key individuals as well as a collective movement of of society to get us there and i think as as i look into what where do we head from you know 10 years to now to 10 years from now obviously we've we have become much more regulated um, to a degree and if you know allowed for states' rights in, in most situations. And, and where do I think we go? I think this industry ends up, and Beth, you had mentioned it earlier, you know, whether you're a, a major producer or a producer of, you know, a, a custom craft. So, you know, whether Budweiser or IPA, I think that there's going to be room across the marketplace for a lot of these, for a lot of players to exist. But I think where we're moving towards is transparency. I think consumers are going to absolutely demand a cleaner, safer product. So whether you mass produce or whether you produce something that is very special and all of those are important in our, in our future marketplace in the next 10 years, I think it'll be a much cleaner product. And I think it will be a more regulated market. And again, that, again, that's for anyone's best guess as to whether or not that's, that's good or bad. I guess it all kind of depends on what the regulatory body is or mm -hmm. who gets to make those rules. And, yeah. and I think for all of us, our hope is that this does not become a marketplace that is bought by major players that, and I think a lot of the individuals that I come to in this marketplace, it's why I love being in this marketplace so much. There are so many great individuals that have, that have people's best interest at heart versus, you know, corporate greed or corporate profit of, you know, a Monsanto or cer certain key companies that I think for us, we're all kind of in this together to make sure that we do this the right way. Um, and my hope would be look at this 10 years from now, that's that's where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate that vision. And, and um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of really great people that have been in the movement who are now in the industry that are shepherding the values of this industry as we move forward to make it different from other industries and uh, become become a role model industry for others as well. Uh, well, we are just about out of time here. Uh, so some quick announcements. Um, 
announcements have already gone out by the time this episode will have aired, but many of NCIA's events scheduled through June uh, have been rescheduled. So please check our events calendar on our website, thecannabisindustry.org. We look forward to gathering with our members and attendees as soon as it's safe to do so. So we are being thoughtful in all of our planning for our events and look forward to seeing you. So be sure to make sure you're signed up for our newsletter. You can do that right on the homepage of our website. Make sure you're getting our weekly newsletter. Stay tuned to all of our announcements on social media. Make sure you're following us and check our website often for new content ranging from blogs, reports, and podcasts. So we're just about done here, Alex. Uh, Thank you again for spending time with me on the show today. Uh, Where can our listeners find out more about your company? Absolutely. And thank you, Bethany. And thank you for all you guys are doing to, to move our industry forward. It's, it's humbling and very important, obviously. Uh, and for those that want to learn more about Procure, uh, please go to www.procuresolutions.com. Uh, you'll have access to all of our information and you know great resources on there as well for people both in the industry as well as outside of the industry. Excellent. Thanks again. And thanks to everybody for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.